You are listening to the Alaska Sports Talk Podcast, sponsored by Roger Briley and Associates, Partouche Plumbing and Heating, Guido's, The Bike Shop, Alaska Sausage and Seafood, and the Alaska Club. Now, here are your hosts of AST, Keaton Homer and Isaiah Freeman. We welcome you to another edition of the Alaska Sports Talk Podcast. So glad to have you along wherever you might be tuned in. As you know, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. Uh, I should make note of that. Google Podcast as of January 24th going away. It's transferring, just so you know. That's but, right. Yeah, so it is. If, That's right. <laughs> so well if you're still listening to Google Podcasts, you have about another week to find us on Google Podcasts. <laughs> Otherwise, you can find us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and so many more other podcast platforms. Uh, glad to have you along. Isaiah Vreeman, Keaton Homer along with you. we got a special guest on today's show as well, diving into the world of high school basketball, high school hockey, and UAA athletics as well. But we got to thank our sponsors, our sponsors of the Alaska Sports Talk Podcast, Roger Briley and Associates, Partouche Plumbing and Heating, Guido's Pizza, The Bike Shop, Alaska Sausage and Seafood, and the Alaska Club, all proud sponsors of Alaska Sports Talk. Isaiah, I know you were busy this last week you were yeah yeah well you were too yeah no i was yeah you were too thursday friday saturday nights yeah Yeah. it was busy you were a little busy you were a little busier than i was on saturday night for a little while anyway yeah i was at bunko i was at bunko yeah anybody who hasn't done a bunko thing with a bunch of people you need to do that that's fun (laughs) i i like that that was a lot of fun did did you you win no no i didn't win you didn't win didn't win anything no, nothing. Got okay. Got a big bupkis, but it no. was fun. Yeah. No, I mean, but it made for a late. It made for a late Saturday night because I ended up watching some of the games that you called later that night, and then then uh, did the podcast instant reaction. So it was yeah. it was definitely a late one. No, but it was it worth it. Was. It was good. Yeah, I mean, Bunko. By the way, a game that requires absolutely zero skill. And zero. that's and that's what not a lot of thought is looking at something and. Rolling dice. It's <laughs> it's nice. It's not a lot of work on a Saturday night. Well, you know, you need need some easy Saturday nights anyway. Amen. So as I as I mentioned, we got a lot of stuff to cover. We're going to dive into uh, high school basketball, high school hockey, UAA hockey, and UA men's and women's basketball. Uh, we'll dive into high school basketball, but first, let's welcome our friend, first time appearance on the podcast from the Alaska Sports Report, Matt Nevola. Welcome to the program, man. Eaton, thank you very much. It's a joy to be here, and uh, congratulations, you guys, on putting us all together. The impressive sponsor list. I couldn't be more uh, happy to see see that for a number of reasons. So thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, glad to have you on. Yeah, Matt Nevla, longtime sports reporter here in the state of Alaska. All right, I got to know, what is the most awkward sport you've ever covered? Whether it's been Alaska, whether it's been Michigan, whatever. I say awkward, just maybe could be obscure to you, I guess. Too. Okay, you made me think. I, I'm going back to Michigan. Shortly before I actually came up here, I did speedboat racing out on Lake Michigan, like you know, out of <laughs> South Haven or Grand Haven, one of those kind of beach towns. And I went out on went out on like somebody's, you know, kind of not yacht, but a boat, like a a, a boat people would sail around with, and watch speedboat racing from like out far from the shore. That was certainly weird, and I always remember it because I, for some reason, they had a TV in the boat we were on, and Corey Pavin won the U.S. Open while I was out on this <laughs> boat. I do remember that. Here huh. in Alaska, I mean, it's been the whole gambit. I mean, the 
the fact that you know uh back back my old anchorage daily news news days you know orienteering we i mean we covered everything you went out and you know fun with maps or fun with a compass and you you know you went out and saw that in person once in a while and obviously you know the opportunity to do some of the sled dog racing coverage and and or or snow machine or anything like that uh the rarity of that uh probably the oddest place I've been was actually I was doing more of a news news stuff on the Alaska newspapers doing rural stuff out in the Bethel area. And I went to Western Alaska one time when Mark Baggage was first running for U.S. Center and did a boat trip where he went and visited a couple villages. And when you're a Midwest boy, meat potatoes guy from Michigan, and you're out there in Western Alaska, some of these villages, uh, there are a couple of times you're wondering where am I and am I ever going to see my family again? Cause it's <laughs> so remote and so just different than anything you grow up seeing or anything, but uh been very fortunate just to have my hand in just about everything for unfortunately to say almost 30 years now here wow. in Alaska. Wow. Pretty That's crazy. crazy. Well, we'll that. stick with a few traditional sports here tonight sure. to talk about. So sounds I good. Think, and we'll keep it a little bit a little bit easier. I mean, speedboat racing sounds fun though. I would That was wild. Yeah. That, it's funny you brought that up and that flashed in my head because I thought <laughs> about Corey Pavin winning the US Open. So that's funny. Well all three of us actually had a chance to be at West Anchorage High School this past weekend and we had an opportunity to see some fantastic high school basketball, both girls and boys. Um Guys, kind of just uh, Isaiah, I'll start with you, and then Matt, go go to you. Just kind of give us overarching thoughts, what you saw, what you thought about the entire tournament. I guess. Well, I would say the first thing I kind of split it into two groups: one, what I saw from the outside teams, and then two, what I saw from the Alaska teams. What I saw from the outside teams, and I know you said it, you said it brilliantly, Keaton, on your uh, broadcast during the championship game. Tunde Asunde, I mean. That, that guy is ridiculous. I mean, that, yes, that was... Yesafu, yeah. Yesafu, there you go. That, that Yesafu, thank you for correcting me. I mean, Yesafu is unbelievable. He's a one and done. I mean, <laughs> that's... And he's a junior. He's only going to get bigger and stronger as he gets a little older. And, I mean, wow, that was, that was pretty impressive. And then I guess I would flip now over to the Alaska teams. And West and the West Valley game were really... That was a really fun game. That was a fun watch. Could have gone either way over time. But East looks really, they really look good. I think they're kind of the class of the 4A boys right now from what I've seen. I mean, they can, West and West Valley are certainly right there. But right now, you know, East was pretty impressive building that 17-point lead over West. Then West coming storming back and East being able to hold them off yeah. with some free throw shooting, timely, timely baskets. I mean, you got to learn how to win, and that was something that they did. They know how to win, and uh, Coach obviously is a large part of that as well. Keaton, I just figured you were saying uh, two-day Yusufu in your dreams most of the time. <laughs> yeah, that, no kid's, that kid's name came up <laughs> almost the entire entirety of the week. And obviously, that's probably the biggest takeaway from the from the ten thousand foot level. And yeah, when you kind of dig down in it a little bit, I think the one of the things that jumps off the page was the fact that the Mountain City Christian, former ACS Lions girls, Lucivia yeah. Sellers, you're kind of with all these question marks. You see they only have seven players on their roster. They have the new coach that was, you know, this being the world we're in where none of this really makes, we don't see it as much as we used to because there isn't a traditional media anymore. You know, Alexia Novelli's get put, put, here you go. 
here are the keys to this this fine uh, you know luxury automobile that's been going on in Alaska basketball here for six years. So you kind of wonder, and then that first game, first half of that women's game, the girls game against Grace Christian, Grace Christian kind of had their number for a few minutes. So you're going, okay, yep. maybe this is, maybe we have turned a page. Maybe uh, something's going to be a little different. Came out in the third quarter and the exact opposite happened in the same Mountain City slash ACS girls that we have been seeing for six years came out, ran through the rest of that tournament and you know took the rightful place 129 games in a row against in-state opponents i here in anchorage maybe we kind of grow tired of saying that but that feat just keeps getting more impressive by the day uh, my mm-hmm. takeaway from the boys tournament other than what we saw from those outside tournaments was how there are some real young talented players on these especially these cooking the conference teams that you know yeah. and i'm not mm-hmm. as ingrained as i was in the old prep czar days when, you know, that that was my entire life. And I knew each roster backwards and forwards, but, you know, you saw Jason Alexander from Bartlett or, you know, the kids of East and West or Milo Ambrosio at, at, at Diamond, these guys that are juniors, sophomores, and you're just going, hmm, this sport's in pretty good hands and they're going to continue to grow. And, and again, if, in a town where people need entertainment options, going to some of those games on a Thursday night or a, a Friday night, what have you, is probably worth their time. No, I agree with you 100%. And I think that's another huge takeaway too. Just the fact that the the crowds that came out on Friday and Saturday nights, you know, you see 2,500, 3,000 people in the West Gymnasium. I think it just speaks to the fact of maybe how, I'm not going to say deprived, but how hungry we are for, you know, just some some sports, you know, and fans crave it and want it. So I think it was cool to see those large you know, crowds come out on Friday and Saturday nights. Well, I'm going to plug, uh, you know, Alaska Sports Sports editor Van Williams is also the yep. media director mm-hmm. behind the Alaska Airlines Classic. His work with Donnie Winchester and all the sponsors they have involved have, they leave no doubt. They present themselves as the ideal or, or premier, you know, a sporting event of its kind here in Alaska. And I think it's kind of proven out each and every year not only with the outside talent and kind of the show business aspect they bring, but they also draw, you know, and then yeah. you, yep. you look around town right now and there aren't a whole lot of things drawing as much as uh, they used to. And again, we sound like old man screams at cloud all the time, which is one of my <laughs> least favorite things to do, but it's just the truth. And so, you know, the, you go back and you're looking at some of the webcasts of the CIC games going on as we're recording, and there's no one in these gyms, or there's a section no here full. And um, you know, so a bunch of credit goes to those people for making that event that people are willing to, you know, uh, lay down a few bucks for. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, obviously, this tournament tournament over the over the years has had some fantastic names. Tunde Yesifu is the one that has come up over the last couple of years. And obviously he was the tournament MVP uh, this past weekend and this year's tournament. Set the tournament record 105 points uh, through three days. He was averaging right around, I think, 35 points a game by the time the tournament was you know, said and done. So uh, he's going to be a name, obviously, we're going to keep an eye out for um, in coming years and what he can do maybe in college. I said this the other day. I don't know. He... Does he go to college? What do you think? I mean, do you think he's a one and done or does he maybe, I, I guess I just don't know. I mean, he's only a junior, so he's got time to figure it out, I guess. Even if they can go to college and make as much money there as they would go into the G League or anything else. And that's You're only right. going to 
grow by the year, by the day, by the week, by the day going forward. So, uh, you know, obviously that kind of talent, you just hope that, you know, once, Oh, I would, that's what I was going to say, how gracious he came across and some oh, of the sure. interviews I read and saw, and, you know, he seemed to really kind of, you know, understand why he was here and, you know, winning it with his team was important. So again, you know, these are just kids and you sometimes got to yeah, remind man. yourself of that. And he was imp- an impressive young man. No doubt about it. Lies. Those guys look like grown men on the floor. Yeah. Uh, those guys who I was like, <laughs> are we, are we at the YMCA and, you know, we're playing pickup ball right now. That's what, that's what it looked like at times. Julius, were... his teammate, Julius Price. Price. Oh yeah. I, Only a sophomore. Remember, you and I were talking Keaton at the game and like, oh yeah, this is, he looks like a senior. You know, I'm, check the program. He's a sophomore. Yeah. He is built like a senior. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. man. No, they were impressive. St. Joseph out of California. Very impressive. Uh, very impressive team. They won their second Alaska Airlines title, second in three years. They went back in 2022. Um, oddly enough, when they defeated the Thunderbirds, um, this go around a little bit of a larger margin of victory for St. Joseph than it was back in 2022. I think if memory serves me right, uh, it was like a 46-38 type of game, I think, that St. Joseph ended up winning. Um, championship game this year, a little bit l- larger margin of victory uh, for St. Joseph. But it's been impressive to watch them over the last couple of years. We already know next year's teams are coming up, by the way. Did you guys hear this? Yeah. Did you guys I'd- know this? Yeah, it was. Uh, I talked about it on the instant reaction, but I think you should mention it here in case nobody listened well, to that one because it's impressive. So next year's field for 2025, the Alaska Airlines Classic, the local teams, West Anchorage, obviously, Service, Colony, Ketchikan, and East Anchorage are all going to be part of the Alaska Airlines Classic. The three outside teams, Rainier Beach out of Seattle, Heritage Christian out of Los Angeles, and then here's the fun one. Isidore Newman out of New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, it's the team that features the son of former East Star Trajan Langdon. So I think, I think it's going to have a big draw once again, guys. That's a good guess. Boy, I think it will be a big draw. My boy yeah. Van Williams and and Don Winchester working their magic on on things like yeah, that. No working lie. Connections working the phones. You know that that is going to be a draw. The same way Dacian Nixon and, and Isaiah Moses going head to head a few years ago was and. Yeah, just got a whole year to anticipate that. Yeah, it certainly is. So it's going to be a fun tournament coming up uh, next year. But congratulations to St. Joseph uh, with their championship victory uh, this last weekend over the East Anchorage Thunderbirds, their second Alaska Airlines Classic title uh, in three years. So um, high school basketball, obviously there were some other tournaments that went on uh, and also some regular season games that that took place um, as well. Uh, wasn't there like a South Wolverine tournament, Isaiah? I think yeah, that was the, happening last week. The Wolverine Classic that was happening. Yeah. Uh, Thunder Mountain ended up winning that over uh, uh, South. No, they beat South in the semifinals, and then Thunder Mountain ended up beating Eagle River for the championship. And then also um, the Carl Derek Agniak um, in Barrow. That one was going on. That was a that was that was an incredible night on Saturday. Those were some games that I watched too when I got home, and uh, yeah, Barrow girls versus the Mount Edgecombe girls. Overtime, Barrow ended up winning that for the girls, so they won the tournament championship. And then Mount Edgecombe boys ended up beating Barrow boys by one, so wow. Mount Edgecombe won the uh, tournament. So very, very entertaining games. Those are going to be. I, I would expect to see those two teams later on. They're they're pretty tough. 
on the boys and girls side. Well, so we're in the thick of high school basketball. We're getting to the waning stages of the Alaska high school hockey scene as we start to get toward the postseason. We're going to get right into Matt Neville's wheelhouse, hockey. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, let's start with high school hockey. Matt, um, obviously, you know, season started back in, uh, you know, late October. Here we are. We're getting to the late stages, getting to the postseason. Some teams have started to separate themselves a little bit in the high school hockey world. Yeah, this this season more, I mean, maybe not more over than than some. If you're especially looking at the Cook Inland Conference or the Anchorage School District, because there there are some definite haves and have-nots kind of right off the get-go, and part of that is kind of this ever-changing kind of landscape that is kind of seems to be going on in the hockey community here, and not more than in the past, but maybe it just feels like it. There's almost a the preference for the the comp or travel play is is always been important, always been vital, always been huge here in Alaska. But it's almost began to take the president away from the, what high school hockey was. And you know, as I've said, as an old school newspaper guy going back to my own high school days, is to be this league's always been impressive to me. The cooking the conference whether it was eight teams, whether it was seven teams, what have you, over the years, it's been different. But the fact that it's 63 years old is significant. It's always been significant to me. Uh, this upcoming next week will be their 55th ever conference tournament, comparable to basketball and some of the older long-time, long-time sports and all that. But, um, you know, name a kid. Name, name a kid that's gone and, and made a name for himself, and almost assuredly they played in a high school sweater uh, at some point. So they're – this year, it just seems like there's something a little different uh, in terms of the attitudes of the players, the coaches, the families around. Be that as it may, uh, you you kind of saw, you, you've witnessed or watched a West High Eagles team kind of come off of last year's championship loss to Chugiak, keep about 70, 75% of its team intact, which is often a little unheard of on some right. levels, and kind of almost be on a mission. I say that, and then they go out to uh, – Colony last night and lose did lose a game at, in to the Knights kind of surprisingly uh, you know but they still have 14 wins if you count the forfeit when West Valley not coming to that downtown last week they are a point away if you will from clinching the Cookland Conference regular season title which will be significant for them only their eighth in that 63 years by the way which I wow. thought was kind of it, wow. wildly stat nerd in me always looking at that kind of stuff this high school yeah i mean you would yeah think, you know yeah. The, the original high school yeah you know, they won a bunch right at the beginning when it was just a couple of them then but then you saw the services and diamonds and then obviously when south came into being take ownership and so i guess in a nutshell you see west and chugiak chugiak kind of nipping at their heels they they beat them right there before the holiday break in mid-december and when we go into next week you know, barring something unforeseen in these last couple of days, they'll act as the one and two seeds in the conference tournament. They'll most likely kind of carry on ish into the division one first national cup. You know, we have some friends out in the Valley. that will have something to say about that. Mm-hmm. And Wasilla and colony and the way they played and put up some W's against those teams. And then you kind of have South and diamond kind of meandering along. And uh, if I may kind of one more intriguing things and yeah, I read my reporting in the last sports report was, you know, teams are allotted 22 regular season games. And this kind of goes into kind of this attitudinal change. And I don't know, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just kind of pointing out 
you know, the diamonds in the south of the world are only going to play in 14 or 15 regular season games, and no Cleveland Conference teams even get close to the 22. I think service ends up like around 18 when all is said and done. So you're just, you know, fair to wonder. I haven't questioned the people that should be questioned, but, you know, if I've you know, maybe the school district's starting to look at those those costs of ice time. And, you know, it's been I've documented they've cut down on practice time and, you know, there aren't as many JV games and just kind of this kind of the mood we're in here in this right. community. So, you know, I but I think what will happen once that conference tournament starts next week, go out to Wasilla in two weeks or what have you, uh, all that will kind of be forgotten. And then the idea of winning that championship will be uh, mission one for all those teams involved. Well, the season just got off to such a weird start. Like we started the season and then we had all those weird snow ice Mm -hmm. days or whatever it was. And the Anchorage school district canceling after school activities and all that kind of stuff. And so it seemed like for a week, maybe almost a week and a half, the hockey season just got put on hold. So you started, it got put on hold and then you started up again. And it's just kind of this weird roller coaster of a season, but Matt, you pointed out, you know, some of the players that are participating in comp hockey. And I think you're right. There seems to be a lot of players this year that have decided, you know, I don't necessarily want to play for my high school team. I'd rather play comp. Why? I don't know if you know too much about that mindset or have heard why, but what, what is that? I don't, I don't get it. I always kind of take a step back because obviously I have a bias as again, Whatever I came, I came from a West Michigan where I only played high school hockey. I, you know, I was actually yeah. mildly talented back then. I'm not anymore. Uh, I, I knew there were some kids traveling in that area when I was growing up. Okay, that's the thing. I get that here. It's always been vital, if you will, to being seen. And yes, you know, Scott Gomez played here in high school a couple of years, then went off to have his junior career kind of set the fire to right. becoming one of the all-time greats but they took the time they they have those memories of when they wore you know scott wore the east high sweater uh nate thompson and joey crab wore the diamond sweater uh you yeah. know uh, jeremy swayman obviously isaiah seville and they've proven that I guess what I should say is when they're my age when they get to be in their 50s they're, they're gonna remember that time is more than these, these kids and families, in my humble opinion, that are going, you know, are going to Chicago this weekend to play in the Steel Showcase, whatever, three games, and or, or, or they play five games, and you see they go two and three, they miss three days of school, they come back, and what? Uh, you know, yeah. So yeah. It, to each their own, I get it. You know, that's kind of just – then the, the the part of it that's also interesting is in much of my reporting has suggested over the years is, you know, this is – they back it up by saying, well, this is how you get seen. And I kind of now in today's day and world, the world where we're sitting in three different locations recording this right now. And I'll, <laughs> you know, what do you mean I have to be seen by someone in Chicago? Don't you, right. you know, I have this video and mom and dad are just putting in on all the various TikToks of the world and where have you, um, can I be seen that way? And if I'm a, if I'm a junior A coach, I saw you, perform right here in Anchorage and make that play and take that, you know, blow someone up at the blue line on on defense or what have you. And how come that's not enough to kind of get you seen? It's just very curious, very odd. The attitudes change and you just try to do the job we're put in the position to do the, the best of our ability and, you know, kind of, you know, 
not not be too judgmental because that's not a reporter's right. job most of the time is but but you know th- there's times where i keep going boy if if i was paid to pursue these the way i used to be paid to pursue these i'd be asking a lot more <laughs> important people a lot more important questions let's put it that way well and let's we're not trying to dog on any of the high school teams that you know in the players that are playing for their high schools and whatnot no it i just know that there's players out there that like it was their junior year and now they're playing in Colorado or right. they're, I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, interesting. So it's just, uh, it's not taking away from anybody that's playing high school hockey right now. at it's all. It's not a just, a be- it's just a belief that yeah. whether true or not, that, that, that going to this triple a program where I don't know anybody is going to pay off for me in the long run, more as than wearing a soft sweater for, Sure. 15 games and, and you know what have you here and it's just a choice choice that families make great and i, I mean i just was talking to some friends the other day i go how do they pay for this what, right, what are right. they doing that i'm not <laughs> where I can, exactly like, oh, the whole family's just heading down to phoenix for six days in the middle of january i'm like what, right. what do you mean like how does that can work? i do that i'm just a poor journalism golf operations sap what have I, i've never made any money anyway so i, I right. but it's it's a curious curious time no doubt about it taking the podcast on the road that's it we're doing it i'm, I'm down just, i'm down we're just doing it uh mentioned the cooking light conference and the standings going into this final regular season week west as uh matt mentioned they're a point away from clinching it and locking things up chugiak behind them uh south is in third diamond in fourth uh, service Bartlett in Eagle River rounding out the cooking that conference standings. Um, in terms of out in the valley, uh, Colony Wasilla, the two teams really to look out for uh, in high school hockey. Matt, most interesting, crazy Alaska high school hockey thing you've ever covered, whether it's been a game or just maybe even a memory. Well, I just say, you know. Kudos to the work Isaiah and ASAA has do, have done because uh, to me, you know, and yes, I'm a hockey guy. I get blamed for all this throughout the years of doing the sports guys on Terrestrial <laughs> Radio with Kurt Heider. We're just hockey guys. What do we know? Uh, I've always been impressed by the way that D1 First National Cup tournament comes across, so, uh, the way it plays plays out in the Menard Center to just what to be, me might be the perfect size audience. Yeah, we could have maybe a bigger venue here or there. You know, it'd be crazy if there were ice in the Alaska Airlines Center and the Ooh. games were played there. What kind of crowd might you get? But that's <laughs> neither here nor there. I've always taken a lot of pride in being part of the first National Cup. That Division One tournament, I think, is pretty special. Those couple of years it was down in Soldotna, the Division Two tournaments going back down there this year. That was always fun because uh, I believe the hotel was the Riverside or River something. Is that yeah. something right down yep. there in mm-hmm. Kenai? Or so not a, and being there at the time, this when when service had it had it going on, had the strongest program, and the parents took pretty good care of the uh, newspaper dork that was hey. hanging out with them in the bar a couple of nights there. I always uh, take great pleasure in that. <laughs> Twenty five years ago, now that I think about it, which is just crazy, but um, that's just as important as the games. Oh, without question. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, having to know the, <laughs> yeah. to know the local newspaper chump yeah, yeah. is always very good. <laughs> I can only imagine what little tidbits may have, you know, filtered into the writing <laughs> after one of those nights. Yeah. No, but uh, uh, you know, you meant Isaiah, bigger venue. Come yeah, on, bigger we venue. can make the soul of it happen. We're getting ice back, right? It's, we're getting ice back. Yeah, we we definitely. That's a goal of mine in my, you know, I'll take off my Alaska sports talk, 
you know, hat and put on my SAA one. It's yeah, I'm trying to get it in there because uh, I think uh, having a big hockey showcase with Division One and Division Two would be fantastic cool. in the Anchorage area, and so many people would attend, especially since the Aces are gone. Um, UAA plays in a much smaller area now. I, I just think it would be a great opportunity to really showcase what Alaska has to offer with our hockey players, which is obviously from what we see in the NHL, pretty impressive. You know, I mentioned the, the being compensated to the point or feeling that the, 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 uh, the necessity to ask important people, important questions. And obviously, ideally to get the Sullivan back to some semblance of what it was when the aces were making their run in the, in the two thousands or even before that. And the, the famous heyday of UA hockey and playing in front of sold out places back in the nineties and late eighties, kind of what's going on there. Now you're just kind of like, what's, what's really shaking here. What's going to happen. And, you know, whether, you know, we have the, the junior a tier tier one team in the Anchorage Wolverines, UA, might they someday consider going back in there? I think they're kind of taking a wait and see approach. I think there's a financial uh, portion to that, like in terms of how much will it cost if we if we're having games at Ben Bokey and it costs mm-hmm. this, it's going to cost X more to play in Southern Arena, and the possibility of having you know a thought fifteen hundred more people in there, it'll be interesting. I I respect that because actually. Back when I first got here in the mid '90s, that tournament was at Solomon Arena, and yeah, the 10 a.m. game on a Thursday didn't have anyone there, but that doesn't mean the seven o'clock Saturday game won't. Or you know, what I mean? right? Things can change, and you know, finding any way you can tap into not only the sports culture here in Anchorage, but just the culture culture to get people involved. Right. I uh, commend anyone willing to give it a shot. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be a unique experience for for the student athletes and just for fans overall experience uh, as well. It'd be really cool. Isaiah, we got a new poll out for high school. Got a, hockey. Got a new how, are we looking? how are we looking? We're, well, I'll just give you a little information here. The Alaska sports talk hockey top five. We'll start with the division two. So we're going to do this every week up until obviously after the state tournament is over. So for division two, for the start of this week, which is the 22nd, Houston Hawks take the top spot. They're 16 and 3 and 1 overall. Then uh, the Palmer Moose in the next 13, 7 and 1 overall. Then the Juno Douglas Crimson Bears, 10 and 6 overall, or 10, 6 and 1 overall. Then the Soldatna Stars at 10 and 5. And then the Kenai Central Cardinals at 10, 9 and 1. The, the truth is, when you look at this, the Northern Lights Conference which is Palmer, Juno, Soldatna, Kenai. Right now, those top four or those top teams in that Northern Lights seem pretty interchangeable. Uh, I know Kenai had just lost to Kenai just lost a couple back-to-back games to Juno Douglas in Kenai, but I know Soldatna is is charging. That can be a very interchangeable thing, but definitely sure. the clear top one is seems to be Houston. Um, for the Division One, this one was a little tougher, and I. You know, thank goodness that uh, Matt Neville is here for this and kind of talking about state hockey and the CIC because right, I was that West Colony 4-3 defeat was, uh, I mean, I knew Colony was good, but I kind of, West had kind of separated themselves, it seemed, throughout the year. And then 
boom, you see that result four three colony wins. I was like, whoa, okay. But that being said, uh, West Anchorage Eagles take the top spot at 14, two and one. Then the Wasilla Warriors take the next spot at 13, three and one. Colony uh, takes the three spot. Colony Knights, 13, six and one. The Chugiak Mustangs take the fourth spot at nine, five and one. And then the South Anchorage Wolverines finally crack in there and take the spot from Diamond at eight, five and one. South, they have some pretty good wins early wins against Chugiak, Diamond, and Colony, but they did lose to them later in the season. I would say it's inches, not feet with Diamond and, and South. I mean, they seem to like be battling back and forth, which if anybody, obviously, if you know state hockey uh, for Alaska, Diamond and South have been pretty dominant for a while, and that's not a big surprise that those two are going back and forth at each other. Well, one interesting caveat in that Division One kind of ranking those things is I think you're seeing some of that almost runoff of that uh, you know, kid plays in high school game, literally goes in the locker room for five minutes, goes to the yeah. rink next door to his comp practice, and that kind of goes both ways. So I didn't look at who all played for West last night, but there's a chance, there's a possibility some kids didn't make the trip there out is. there to catch yep. my drift. And maybe that's you know not to disparage the effort put in by the Knights, and they're going to be able to prove it here in two weeks when we're back out at the Menard Center. But it's just kind of that's where we're at, you know. You right. every night you yep. if, you, if you follow the Cooking the Conference Twitter account, you see those postings of those score sheets. You can kind of look if you want to look inside of it, see some nights these kids are playing, sometimes nights they're not. So it's just a matter of again that, that buzzword I think is priorities, and each kid and each family and each coach has their own priorities when it comes to, you know, what they want to do. And so uh, to that end, I would expect West to want to win the conference tournament next week and right. put all their, yeah. you know, will into making that happen. And they'll be the odds on favorite to do so. No, I, I think you're exactly right. It's, it's always interesting. Like you mentioned, Matt, to follow the score sheets on Twitter and like you go back and you look a week and like, Hey, like, wait a second. you know, Johnny, Johnny just put up four goals last week. And then you look at the next score sheet. Johnny didn't play it all this week. He's not there, right? <laughs> and and yeah, you're not seeing. That's the one thing you're. You don't really. I mean, you can't say you don't see it, but during football yeah. season or during the you know basketball season, the things that get the most eyeballs or 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 the people pay as close attention to here in Anchorage, you don't see it quite as often. Right. You know, the kid leading leading Bartlett in rush attempts is pretty much going to be there for all eight or nine games. Yeah. You know, barring injury or something like that, he's not. Right. He's not going off the Polynesian Bowl during the season, like the, you know, that kind of deal or comparison. Uh, so high school hockey, obviously wrapping up uh, its regular season this week, getting into the conference tournaments next week, and then the early part of February. Uh, I know I'm definitely going to be at the Menard Center. Matt's going to be there. Isaiah, you're going to be there, right? I will be. Absolutely. All right. yep. all, right, all three of us. Well, ha- you all know what? Them. We'll have to do some instant reaction podcasts from we state could. hockey since the, all three of us will be there. I'll we make that plug that. again, that D1 tournament. I, for my, uh, oh, my, I, my for odds on, probably the best event ASA puts together, in my humble opinion. I, I that's know. Besides the state basketball tournament, shh, don't tell anybody I'm saying this. <laughs> I'm whispering this to everybody listening. Don't tell anybody. But besides the March Madness basketball tournament, D1 hockey is by far my favorite tournament. Yeah, I, I just absolutely love it. It's fun. No, there's no doubt. The atmosphere, it's fun. You get raucous crowds and you get, uh, you know, it's a very close-knit 
I'll, I'll use the word barn at mm-hmm. the Menard, right? And yeah. uh, it's fun. You get the fans that are around the track, the the upper portion of the track there. It's it's a fun venue to, to watch. Uh, Isaiah, also before we kind of transition into college athletics, I know we had a new high school basketball poll come out. What are we looking like for high school basketball we as we get into we, the middle we of do. the season? Good, good thing you mentioned that. Just going to mention we have – Two tournaments happening this week, so it's a lot different than last week and much different than the week before that one when we had seven. So this one is really interesting. Before I get to the rankings, Denali State Bank Ice Jam at West Valley. Um, Service is heading up there in Thunder Mountain and West Valley, obviously. So those three, just as a little preview, are ranked in this week's poll so that's going to be one that we're going to have to keep our eye on. You can go to ASAA365.com and you'll be able to get the schedule and then look to Alaska Sports Talk social media, Instagram, and Facebook for updated schedules as we go on. And then also the Husky shootout at Kotzebue where we have Nome, Delta, Kotzebue, and Hutchison. So those are the only two tournaments going on this week that I'm aware of. And during the podcast, I have been trying to keep my eye on what's been happening because we had West is playing at service as we speak right now. And I think, I can't see the score, but it looks like service is ahead, but Mm -hmm. it's hard to tell exactly what the score is. So that is an interesting one. But the poll for this week, we'll start with the 3A girls. So... There was a little change in the 3A girls. We had uh, Grace Christian Grizzlies, our number one, with a 10-1 and one overall record. Monroe Catholic Rams are 8-3. and three. They take the second spot. Then Barrow Whalers are now 9-2. and two. They take the third spot. Then uh, we have the Sitka Wolves. They take the fourth spot at 8-3. and three. And then the Mount Edgecombe Braves are 5-1. and one. They take the fifth spot. So that's what that looks like for the 3A girls. Grace girls lost to a ranked uh, Mountain City Christian Academy team or Christian, yeah, Christian Academy team at the Alaska Airlines Classic. Uh, Matt talked about that a little bit and as well as you did. Then, you know, Ellie Berger, Sophie Letford, Poppy Wiggers, Pudek for Grace are just really tough. They play service on Friday and then Seward on Saturday. And Seward actually is surprisingly, it looks like, they're really cra- they're really close to cracking the top five, and the service the Seward girls have not been, um, let's say, one of the players in state basketball for three A girls in a long time. So that's pretty exciting to see. Monroe Catholic they lost to a ranked Colony team and a ranked Diamond team by five and a number one Grace. So they have a tough schedule forty four percent forty four percent opponents winning percentage. Barrow takes the third spot. They beat Mount Edgecombe by three in the finals of their tournament last last weekend. Really tight between Monroe and Barrow. That, that's really a coin flip, but Monroe takes that with a little bit more of their schedule. Sitka split with Juno. That's why they're in the four spot, with, and they beat Chugiak. They have a few more games uh, than Mount Edgecombe, who takes the fifth. They've been dominating opponents uh, when they play. They have played a little bit more of a softer schedule, but... To their credit, they only lost by three in overtime in an incredibly tough environment in Barrow. And if if you watch that game, you can kind of go, hmm, maybe they shouldn't have lost that game. So (laughs) it's it's an interesting one. January 30th, Sitka plays at Mount Edgecombe. Boys and girls, those are going to be must-watch. 
going to the three A boys. Let me um, let me pull that up. Where'd where'd my thing go? There it oh, is. Oh, you lost it. It's gone. No, I wanted to show. I wanted to pull this up. Here we go. So the three A boys, Grace Christians, the top spot. Mount Edgecombe is the second with a six and zero record. Gnome belts, Nanooks, eight and three. They take the three. Barrow takes the fourth spot at six and eight, and I'll address that here in a second. And then the Seward Seahawks, Seward Seahawks for the boys take the fifth spot at eight and two. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seward, Seward boys and girls, they haven't really been that player for a while, but it looks like they're definitely there. Grace has a lot of quality wins, tough schedule. They won the Palmer Elks tournament a couple weeks ago, also played South Anchorage. They played but lost to a ranked uh, service team. They split with Monroe, and they also just came off of a split with Juno last weekend. They just played two games of the Friday and a Saturday. Uh, Mount Edgecombe, they had an impressive win over Barrow and Barrow. They're undefeated. They've played Soldotna, Kenai, Reddington, North Pole, and Barrow. The team's winning percentage, their opponent's winning percentage is .293, so it's not great. But it's based a lot on what we've seen from this team and how could the how good they can be. And their point guard, Kaysen Herman, is just he's he's a stud. So he's fun to look at and watch. Gnome, eight and three overall. They've played a really tough schedule. They play a ranked West team. They beat Lathrop. They lost to Juno in overtime at the Alaska Prep shootout. Gnome will be a player. Barrel, their record, it says six and eight, but they have played a brutal schedule of 4A and outside teams. Against 3A teams, they're 3 and 1. They beat Lathrop oh. North Pole in the 4A. They played rest they played West Valley twice and they've played Service once. Uh they lost all 3 of those, but they've played them tough. So the 5 ranking, I'll just say is hard. The 3 teams battling it out really are Valdez, Seward, and Sitka. There's no real common opponents between them, but the edge has got to go to Seward. Seward beat Valdez on January 11th. So Valdez has a slight edge in the opponent winning percentage, 40% to 42, but Valdez has one extra loss. Um, Seward takes that spot. They're five and two against three A teams, while Valdez is four and two. So it's I said it before, it's inches, not feet. But uh Seward takes that five spot. In the three four A girls, Mountain City Christian Academy is undefeated and won the Alaska Airlines Classic last weekend. So they take the number one spot. Interesting thing is on January 30th, they play at Colony, and then on February 2nd, they play at Wasilla. So that's going to go a long way to see who's number one team in the state and obviously as well in the Northern Lights Conference. Number 10, Mia Alexa. Number five, Naomi uh, Madot. And then number 23, Jasmine Schaefer. Those those three make that engine go, and they they are good and they are fast. So Wasilla ends up taking the second spot. Um, we all, you know, Layla Hayes, number 52, she's a junior, number 14, Miley Anderson. Those, those girls are tough. They have played, they haven't played as many games as, um, some of the other teams, but Mountain City six and oh, Wasilla's five and three. And then the next spot goes to the Colony Knights at seven and one Haley Clark, number 22. She's a junior. She is a, she's, she's good. She's a fun watch. And then sophomore number twelve Morgan Ainsworth, she's also very very good. Wasilla and Wasilla plays at Colony on February sixth, so in a span of about a week, we're going to have three games that really are going to show what kind of uh, 
if there's going to be any movement in this ranking with Mountain City, Wasilla, and Colony. Thunder Mountain Falcons, they are undefeated at 10-0. and They take the fourth spot. They've played some tough competition, but as the committee kind of looked at it, Mountain City, Wasilla, and Colony are, are just a little bit better. But that being said, the Thunder Mountain Falcons, they really they play fast. They're skilled. They can work the ball around. Could I could easily see them cracking the top three and displace, displacing one of those teams, depending on what happens in the next few weeks. And then the Diamond Lynx take the five spot. They won the Mount McKinley Bank Holiday Classic at the beginning of January. They beat service at service. They played the th- the ranked the 3A ranked number two team with the Alaska Sports Talk. Um, and they've played some really tough outside competition. So Diamond Lynx round out the 4A girls. And then for the 4A boys, really, there was a couple changes, uh, but it's all the same teams. It's just really the order of them. And it really, a lot of it has to do with what happened in the Alaska Airlines Classic, really. So Betty Davis East Thunderbirds take the top spot at 9-1 and one overall. They play second in the Alaska Airlines Classic. They did play a really tough schedule. They held off West Anchorage rally late um, to get that spot in the championship team or championship game. They've been dominating teams when they've played, except for some of those outside teams. You guys watched them. Number 12, the senior, Akeem Suleiman, and then number 23, the junior, Muhammad Salabi, are just, they're really good. So East takes the top spot. West Anchorage Eagles take the the two spot. They're eight and three overall. They've played East the toughest so far this year. They beat West Valley in overtime at the Alaska Airlines Classic. Their opponent's winning percentage is 70%. They have played a brutal schedule. Uh, Deslone Cook, number three, the senior. Boo Merrill, number 12, the junior. And number 23, Jock Muon, the senior. Those those three really make that, that team go. West Valley takes the three spot. They could easily be number two in this ranking, whereas ahead of West most of the game at the Alaska Airlines Classic, just some key turnovers in the final minute, and then a foul out in overtime, kind of let West take that game. Number five, Jamari Sims. Number 11, Leighton Neal. And then um, number two, Halen Neal, Leighton's brother, who's a sophomore. Those three are really really good when Leighton Neal fouled out against West that was kind of the that was kind of the the death nail for West Valley in that game service Cougars take the four spot they're six and four tough competition they've been winning in a tough schedule their opponents winning percentage as well is 70 percent just like West's so and I know service is playing at West is playing at service right now and I'm kind of keeping my eye on it, but I can't tell the score, but I think it looks like service is up in that game. Thunder Mountain takes the five spot. They're 10 and three. Like we just mentioned, they won the South Wolverine Classic last weekend. Samuel Lockhart, um, Thomas Baxter, and James Pulaski, those those three made the all-tournament team last week, last weekend, and uh, they're really good. Thunder Mountain, they've got, they've got a real skilled big man, and they could cause problems. Juno Diamond Colony Monroe could easily be number five too. It's very close, but kind of when you're looking at these rankings and these teams, it looks like they're that they're that top four have kind of separated themselves a little bit, and then yeah, depending on the week, that number five spot could change. So that's it. You All can right. take a look at these rankings on the Alaska Sports Talk website, alaskasportstalk.com. 
Are both polls going to be listed for the entire week, or is it just going to be the the current one? Like, are people going to be able to see? Like, I was just going to list one week two. Or I was just going to list the current, current one. Okay, know. no, that's fine. Yep, yeah, that's the that's the plan. Cool. I mean, I like people it. like to scroll, so I guess I could, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to do the. I'm just going to do it where it's uh, just the top five for that week. Perfect. I like it. So Alaska Sports uh, Talk dot com. You can check out the. Uh, the poll for this weekend, not only girls and boys basketball, but also uh, high school hockey as well. So that kind of wraps up a little bit of high school sports. Let's dive into uh, a little bit of college athletics because uh, Matt Nebula not only covers high school sports, he's also the color <laughs> analyst for UAA hockey as well. So he's Jack of all trades. His, uh, his uh, you know, UAA hockey hat here for a moment and kind of analyze the hockey season for us. Matt, I think this has been a somewhat successful season for for UAA hockey this year. Obviously, after coming uh, coming back to their inaugural year last year, and then this year, it's been uh, it's been a good turnaround. Obviously, it has ups and downs, but it's going in the right direction. I think here. <clears throat> you talk about directions, and they're like they're they're almost like parallel lines running against each other, right? There's the line of what Matt Shazby's doing with these guys who want a chance to play Division One hockey and put in the effort, do all these things. And that team's at seven wins. They're a win away from matching last year's total, and they have 11 games to do it. So they're by far off the charts progress-wise, making more of it in this season. Then the other line is kind of like, but what footprint are they really making here? And this that we've talked about the culture of this community a couple of times. And unfortunately they're in a situation playing at the Avis Celeste Sports Complex in the home and rink where they kind of can cram those 800 people into it. And then you just kind of wonder, like, after that, who's paying attention? There's a lot worthy of paying attention. And probably the number one thing worth paying attention for that UA hockey team is the the play of the goaltender, Jared Whale, who has proven himself to be more than capable, come up with a 26-save shutout there on Saturday in their third upset win against a nationally ranked team when they beat Providence 4-0 on the road in Rhode Island, uh, splitting that series. But, you know, but uh, you've just seen them kind of slowly but surely, or not even slowly but surely, just they have a night here, then they have an off night. Then they yeah. prove something this night, then they just kind of kind of have their way. Um, you know, are they going to stack, put all their eggs in one basket in this last matchup coming up February 3rd against Fairbanks because they haven't beat the Nooks in a while? Or are they trying to just build on this second half of the season where they have some very winnable games against a bunch of other programs that are in their first or second year Division One status? Uh, you know, it's it's hard to say. I just know Matt Shazby is about as no-nonsense a guy as you can get. He's someone worth getting behind. And if you haven't checked out a game, whether in person, I know it's hard to sometimes get into the home and rinks. It's a small venue. You're always welcome to come onto YouTube and hear my exposed color analyst along <laughs> with uh, our analysis with David Tuttle when we're doing those home games, but they're definitely worth checking out. And, you know, the, the thing is, will they ever be the team that was selling out the soldering in the late eighties and early nineties? Probably not, but the entire landscape of the sport has changed. And, yeah. you know, you talk about college athletics and no money here. And the kid that's going to come here for an opportunity may only stay for a year or two because a North Dakota or a Boston College may come calling because they have a hole in their lineup. They want it filled with a kid with an experience at the Division One level. He's getting it here. So, again, they're just they're in such a unique position 
because they're trying to build something here in this community, have that footprint, and also make the best environment for these hockey players to grow and maybe go on beyond, whether it's in the pro ranks or maybe a different college uh, at some point. Because, again, I think about a kid like Jared Well, who I believe is a sophomore or junior, the idea that there's not going to be one of the more heavy hitters to potentially come calling. And right. there's other guys, uh, there's a couple goalies waiting in the wings to take over if that's the case. It'll be fun to see what happens here in these last 11 games, not about it, but credit that Seawolves team for gutting out that one in Providence the other night and just kind of gutting out this entire campaign because nothing of all the teams in all the sports around Alaska, I mean, no one's had it as tough. From just the, from the grassroots part of the three million dollars being raised and the rigmarole that all went into that to now trying to prove it on the ice day in and day out and for the most part they really haven't been completely outclassed they've gotten right. beat by a couple goals you know by four or five goals in a couple of games but not a lot of them they've played a lot of close games and and just kind of but they're not getting the blue chippers they're not getting the first round draft picks here that could change but right now. That's what's happening, and you know I throw my whatever support I have behind people here in Anchorage need to give them a chance. I think is kind of the the, the jumping off point. No, I would agree with you one hundred percent. I mean, kind of take us back behind the curtain a little bit here, Matt. When this, I because I don't, I've never asked you this question before. When UAA folded the hockey program and it was gone, and then the you know. We'll start turning, trying to get this thing revived and try to get it going again. Uh, Kathy Bethard, really mm-hmm. a huge driving force for this thing. What did it look like when the wheels started going, you know, just trying to get support and gain support, as you mentioned, the grassroots operation to get this thing revived? And then the work that, you know, Coach Shazby has done just to schedule games over the last two years. It's It's been phenomenal, I think. Not speaking for Matt, but just having talked to Mash as a couple of times. I mean, last year's schedule was filled with these club opponents, and they didn't always beat all the club opponents, but they're playing a UNOV club or they're right. playing at you know, uh, Utah or whatever. I'm trying to think of some of the other club teams they played. Liberty was one of them with the idea that we're playing these club teams because we need these club teams to become division one programs, especially the ones on the West coast, the UNLVs, you know, you see pretty strong programs at Oregon or UCLA. So, but you're seeing the PAC 12 is a shambles from the college football standpoint. So is it at all possible that these West coast universities are going to have division one hockey right now? Not so much, but I think that was part of the idea was throw them a bone, they throw us a bone by helping us play a game or two, and we'll try to build something more. This season, you saw none of those club opponents, and you've seen UA go on the road to some of the tougher college one, Division one college venues that there are in the Cole Center in Wisconsin at Penn State, you know, playing at Providence, bringing UMass Lowell up here in the home and home they played there last year. And then I know Matt has said it hasn't been unveiled yet. He's even more prouder, more proud of the schedule coming up, which I think is his way of saying that we got more blue chip kind of opponents on both on the mm. road and and uh, and here at the uh, Alaska Airline or uh, excuse me, the Avis Alaska, Avis Alaska Sports Complex. Getting this, the color commentary room he <laughs> needs to get the sponsors right all the time. I sometimes get fumbled on that. Um, 
but it does kind of go back to the the save Sewell hockey with save Sewell hockey which transformed to the Sewell fifth line and kind of this quiet group that knocked on a proverbial door or made the phone calls or just had the emails going on you know yes the Seattle Kraken were debuting at the time of all this and they kind of want to make Alaska part of their geographical sure know, they yeah. own the, that's why their games on local terrestrial radio here and why you know you get blocked out on ESPN plus is because uh they're considered a home team here and you know that was very shrewd move by them to make mm-hmm. that impression they definitely made themselves known to Anchorage and to Alaska and have a lot of fans here um I don't know the takeaway I mean there's it's such a weird thing because I think you're like okay but I don't think we can do this again. So when I say we, I think it's a collective we. The idea that someone's going to have to go hat in hand and keep this program going, I don't know. So what happens when that pool of money that was raised or has been built up since then goes away, then what? And then you kind of turn to the university and the whole system and and then it gets political. And (laughs) the last legislature is off to this rollicking start already a couple days in. With what's going on, so you're just kind of at a loss, and I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. But the the, the part I just always come away from is it's just it's a there's a lot of curiosity, like you just don't really know. And in the meantime, if you're these group of twenty hockey players, just do your thing, man, enjoy it. I mean, you get you get yeah. to wear some of the coolest uniforms the sport has to offer, and right. UA sweaters, you know. So that's you know, as a fashion fashionista like I am, you know, counts for something. Hey, John Butchergrass agrees. And you just, you Butch, just he does hope. agree for sure. Yeah. You, no lie. You can't help yourself as a sports fan, as a, as a media personality, you just got, you want to see this community grow yeah. into something it was or something it can be. And the only way that's going to happen is if these, if this team, this program continues to grow and continues to build and, you know, I'll do whatever, I'll lend whatever assistance I can to, to make sure that happens, get the word out. But if you haven't checked out a game yet, see if you can get tickets to that game on February 3rd, uh, last meeting between UA and UAF at the home and rink there, and uh, check it out for yourself. You'll kind of get a sense of what I'm talking about. Yeah, they got 11 more games in total. And Matt, as you mentioned, the February 3rd game against UAF, and then the uh, following week they play uh, Long Island University in uh, on the 10th and the 11th and then they have a little bit of a long road trip for the rest of February and then they finish up uh, against Stonehill and Arizona State uh, in the beginning of March so um, before we kind of let Matt go and we'll we'll briefly touch on UAA basketball as we've getting close on time here on our podcast one thing you want to see from the hockey universe here in Alaska maybe in total uh, if there is one grandiose idea that you have ever had for Maybe high school hockey or college hockey or beer league hockey. I don't care. Just any anything. <laughs> well, beer I, league I, hockey. Guess, I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, this is too Pollyannish. I mean, the, the the factions. I mean, you know, we I go back and made a joke about ice in Alaska Airlines Center, and again, that goes back to the political yeah. climate and all these things and X. But other than you know the the women, they they redid the Great Alaska Show with the women, or or March Madness Alaska that arena. An argument can be made. Okay, a question can be posit, posed. Not a lot of good things have happened since I opened without ice. I think that's a fair way to look at it. That if we could go back in time, 
so many things would be different in this community. I would like to at least think that's a possibility that, you know, both the UAA and the Wolverines would probably be playing in right. there. And yeah, there wouldn't be 5,000 people there on a Friday night, but there'd be three. And that are instead of the 800 that are in the rink on the street or the Ben Boki arena for the, sure. the junior team. So, you know, I guess I would just kind of, Again, I get the automatic. You're just a hockey guy. I'm probably more of a golf guy than I'm a hockey guy at this point, <laughs> even though I stink it just as bad at that. Um, I, I just kind of, in retrospect, it just was, was this colossal yeah. misread on what I'm not. And it was all because yeah. we kind of live in this weird community where these are these factions butting heads. Well, you're basketball, you're, you're volleyball, you're hockey. We're not all just one. And I grew up in a, area where you were, were part of the same university no matter what you were involved in and right. it's always been an odd thing here so i guess if that was the one caveat it's a common refrain against amongst hockey people as if we could just go back in time so <laughs> much would be different if you know we know all those we know where all the tournaments would be being played we know where all the home games would be being played and it'd be kind of that'd be the center of town and it's just it's just not and it's unfortunate no, I, I would agree with you. It's, it's amazing to think uh, that Alaska Airlines is in the most beautiful complex, not for just Division Two sports, but could be one of the best in the Pacific Northwest uh, for for college arenas, no doubt. And you know, it it gets underutilized, except on Thursday and Saturday nights during you know from August to you know March. And, and I I would agree with that. It could be it's just, yeah, it's just, just used a little bad, bit different. That's where we're at. Yeah. It is. So it will be used this weekend, though. So I'll touch on UAA basketball uh, before we sign it off here. Uh, the Seawolf women's basketball team and men's team back in action this weekend as they play on Thursday and Saturday nights. Double headers both night. UAA women uh, and men playing the exact same teams. They're playing Western Oregon on Thursday. Women play at 515. Uh, the men are at 730. Uh, the women have, you know, pulled the old Ryan McCarthy. He's got the women playing uh, really well again. They have won nine games in a row as they take on Western Oregon and then St. Martin's. Um, what's the stat I had here? Nate Sagan sent me over our weekly stat stuff. Seawolves have won 37 games in a row against Western Oregon, by the way. Uh, longest wow. streak against any opponent. So uh, we'll see if they can keep that game or keep that streak going against Western Oregon. Uh, the UAA men are coming off of a road split. Uh, they lost to Western Washington last week in Bellingham and then bounced back with a nice win against Simon Fraser. So they're looking to get back-to-back uh, -back wins going here at home. They play three straight home games. Uh, they play UAF the following week after the two games against Western Oregon and St. Martin. So uh, we'll talk more um, UAA basketball in, in next week's uh, episode and kind of recap um, things from this weekend in the world of high school sports and college sports. Um, Matt Nevla, any final thoughts before we sign it off? Well, let me just, if you haven't checked it out, please visit the Alaska sports report. It's uh, the uh, all-star team of any media personality you've trusted here in the sports landscape over the course of the last 30 years. You got, uh, whether I'm included in that group or not, my, uh, my, Editor is Van Williams. Doyle Woody helps out. Beth Bragg, cast of thousands. We're very proud of the work there. Uh, it's it's sponsor and uh, and donation oriented. So if you're so inclined, you appreciate the work we do. Throw a couple bucks our way. We certainly appreciate it. You can find that at the last of Sports Report on all the socials. You can find me on the socials at M Nevela, not excuse me, 
M Nebula Nine. M Nebula Nine is the hook there. So otherwise, congratulations, guys, on the show. Keep up the great work, and appreciate thanks for having me. I appreciate thanks. it. Appreciate it, Matt. Yeah, check out the awesome stuff that the Alaska Sports Report cranks out. They crank out awesome stuff all the time, covering all the sports throughout Alaska, uh, and even athletes that are former Alaskan athletes that have gone out of state and do some terrific things. So they do some awesome, awesome work. Alaska Sports Report, right? Yeah, you can, get the, you can get uh, automatic emails. That's what I have. Yes. Yes, you can. Yeah. I get them all so the time. Definitely, it's fantastic. Yep. That's it. Yeah, definitely. It's fantastic. Yeah, the weekend review is great. Isaiah, any final thoughts before we sign it off? Um no, I well, I'm just looking I'm just looking forward to this week of basketball games. It looks like um just just went final here about ten minutes ago. Uh, service beat West 64-54. So that's going to shake up the poll for next week, I'm sure. Um, no, it will. Yeah. And especially wow. what happened might what ha- what might happen up in Fairbanks at the West Valley Ice Jam. So yeah, it's going to be things are definitely starting to get interesting. We're going to have a lot more conference stuff going on in the next few weeks. So looking yeah. forward to that and looking forward to hockey too. A lot of stuff finishing up this week for Division 2. And then next week for Division One and state tournament and stuff. So always love it. Always love. Always it. love it. Always fun. You know, since we're on the hockey theme on this podcast, I got to give a bur- birthday shout out uh, to a fantastic play-by-play announcer. He is in the NHL. He's a former play-by-play announcer for the Alaska Aces. Jack Michaels is his birthday today. So happy birthday, 50. Jack! Yeah, so he's at an Edmonton Oilers a game right now, broadcasting that game. But happy birthday to Jack Michaels. Uh, good friend, and uh, helped me kind of get my play-by-play career going in the right direction. So, Jack Michaels, the big 5-0 uh, here today. Well, uh, that's going to do it for our podcast here this evening. Thanks a lot once again to Matt Nevola for joining us from the Alaska Sports Report, uh, filling us in on the world of high school sports and also UAA hockey. Uh, for Isaiah Vreeman, I'm Keaton Homer signing it off until next week. Bid you adieu.